Coming up on We Talk News this week, the DEA has spoken. Seeds are legal. Let the trading begin. Plus, for the first time in five years, Massachusetts senators right some of the wrongs for the state's cannabis industry. Let's be blunt show host Montel Williams tours the Bay State and makes a stop at Chelsea's Western Front. And all things must grass. The very quiet beetle, the late George Harrison's estate, gets into the weed business. Plus, it's the week of 420. A record week in sales begins. All that and more on We Talk News next. Cannabis Media original content is supported by Salient Systems, your trusted name in video surveillance for the cannabis industry, and by Revolutionary Clinics, Massachusetts' number one medical dispensary where the patient comes first, and by Accounting Buds, CPA services for the cannabis industry, and by Stylighting.shop. Log on today to get your grow kit. We are Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Weed Talk News. I'm Elena Pinto reporting for Pro Cannabis Media. Our highest news story this week comes right from the feds. The Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA, recently carried out a review in response to an inquiry from an attorney questioning the legality of cannabis seeds, tissue culture, and other genetic material containing no more than 0.3% THC. And after the review, the agency decided cannabis seeds fall under the legal category of hemp, which can be shipped across state lines. So that means popular West Coast strains could make their way to legal markets like Massachusetts and Maine, and soon to open markets in New Jersey and New York. And speaking of the East Coast, senators in Massachusetts have unanimously passed legislation to reform a number of facets of the cannabis industry. The bill will establish a commission to tackle stoned driving, licenses social consumption spaces in the state, and creates a social equity fund using cannabis taxes. David O'Brien, head of the Mass Cannabis Business Association, spoke about the progress on Pro Cannabis Media's Green Rush Live. So, uh, David, let's start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about what happened last night and the significance of uh, really the first news we've seen in about half a decade. Yeah, so for the first time in five years, the legislature has advanced um, a somewhat comprehensive package on some of the reforms that we've needed sorely for uh, the cannabis industry to flourish. Um, you referenced the host community agreements. They also advanced social equity um, loan funding and uh, social consumption, which is our last license that we're implementing here uh, in Massachusetts. And not in this bill, but we're hoping will come as uh, 280E reform as it relates to state tax collection. So two of those items, actually three of those items have something to do with financing and or saving companies money. So we're pretty excited about it. That measure now moves on to the Massachusetts House. And with more from the Bay State this week, let's check in with Ron Marshallsee. I'm Ron Marshallsee with the Massachusetts Cannabis Report for We Talk News. Montel Williams was in several Massachusetts dispensaries this week, and during his trip to a dispensary in Chelsea, PCM founder Jimmy Young was there to grab an interview 
with Montel himself. We've got to stop the stupid. Something I say all the time, stop the stupid. This is a viable product that has been used and part, talk about in every cornucopia of pharmacological information for the last 3,500 years. Yet we have some of the most strictest draconian laws trying to stop something that should have never been stopped to begin with. The former talk show host, author, and cannabis advocate was at the Western Front in Chelsea, just one of the eight dispensaries he visited in the Bay State this week to share his freshly baked brand. Montel sees the stigma against weed slowing down, but he's not too confident legalization is anywhere near. I'm not confident in federal reform for the next few years. There will be hopefully a change in the next year when it comes to banking because that's the money that the Fed's putting in their pocket too. But as far as changing the attitude, changing the understanding, trying to deliver a message that is a credible one, different than always trying to attack, that won't change until the generation that believes in its ability to be an enslavement tool changes. In other Bay State news, Monday was the first day of operation of Budsy Cannabis Delivery, a wholesale cannabis delivery company. They are offering this service in East Hampton, South Hampton, and North Hampton, and in the coming weeks, they hope to reach the Hampton, Hampshire, and Franklin counties. That's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For Weed Talk News, I'm Ron Marshallsee. Today, a bipartisan group of lawmakers filed a bill on Capitol Hill called the Preparing Regulators Effectively for a Post-Prohibition Adult Use Regulated Environment Act, or PREPARE. The legislation would direct the U.S. Attorney General to create a commission charged with making recommendations on a regulatory system for cannabis that models what's currently in place for alcohol. Vote Pro Podcast Bill Adams has more from our nation's capital. Hi, I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast, here with the Weed Dog News DC Report. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was on Capitol Hill this week, expressing her frustration with the lack of progress in Congress on cannabis banking reform. At a hearing of the House Financial Services Committee, Yellen addressed the issue with Colorado Congressman Ed Perlmutter, longtime champion of the Safe Banking Act. Yellen reaffirmed her support for the bill, saying the current state of affairs leaves financial institutions trapped between state legal cannabis markets and federal prohibition. On April 1st, the Safe Banking Act was passed in the House for the second time, and for the second time, it has stalled in the Senate. The legal cannabis industry is expected to add about $100 billion to the overall economy this year, according to a study published in the latest edition of the MJ Biz Factbook. The study analyzes not only retail sales, but also agriculture, manufacturing, and other cannabis industry activity, including events and hospitality. Retail sales of cannabis alone are estimated to reach $33 billion in 2022. In measuring the total impact on the economy as a whole, analysts applied a standard multiplier of 2.8 based on data from similar industries. The study predicts that the total impact on the national economy will continue to grow each year, topping $157 billion by 2026. A plant touching cannabis company may soon become the first to list on a major US stock exchange. Fort Lauderdale based Bright Green Corporation has applied to the Securities and Exchange Commission to list its common stock on NASDAQ. Last month, Bright Green received conditional approval from the Drug Enforcement Administration 
to cultivate cannabis for research purposes, becoming one of only a handful of companies to do so. Up until May of last year, the University of Mississippi was the only entity granted DEA authorization to grow cannabis legally under federal law. That's the Weed Talk News DC report for this week. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast. This year's unofficial nationwide stoner holiday is expected to have sales as high as customers. Get it? Acura, a leading software company and developer, predicts that U.S. cannabis users will spend nearly $130 million on cannabis come 420 this year. That would be a 16% jump in sales from April 20th of 2021. And with more happening in the industry this week, Deborah Borchardt has our Green Market Report. This is the business update for Weed Talk News from the Green Market Report. This week, Tilray Brand said it was going to really lean into HexoCorp. You may recall that Tilray had originally said it was going to buy $211 million worth of Hexo's debt. Well, now they're buying another $193 million of that debt. So they're basically buying the company. Also this week, we got earnings from Organogram. The company said that in the second fiscal quarter, their revenue increased 117% to $31.8 million. Now they said most of that came from adult use sales and international revenue, but they tempered that good news saying that there has been a drop in the net selling prices due to product mixes and also a decrease in medical revenue. And then finally, the Balance Company reported that their net revenue increased 26% sequentially to $23.2 million, but they reported a net loss of $25 million. So their net losses are just too much more than their revenue. The company said that they are working on that cash burn issue. And the markets will be closed on Friday for the Good Friday holiday. So happy Easter, everyone. This has been the business update from the Green Market Report. Back in the U.S., money is talking. This week, New York Senator Jeremy Cooney filed a bill that would allow regulators to disclose certain information about cannabis licensees to financial institutions, saying he wants to give banks in the state a little peace of mind about working with legal marijuana businesses. And in Pennsylvania, the Senate has approved a similar bill to safeguard banks and insurers against being penalized by state regulators for working with state legal medical marijuana businesses. Claudia Post has much more in this week's Pennsylvania Report. I'm Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, and I'm here in the Keystone State, Pennsylvania, reporting for Weed Talk News. Lots going on in Pennsylvania this week. There have been two lawsuits filed because there was that huge recall of vape cartridges, which by the way, had been legal since 2018, but all of a sudden somebody woke up and said, no more vape cartridges. The first first suit is filed by Pennsylvania Medical Marijuana Access and Patient Safety, and it requests a preliminary injunction to bar the state from destroying 600 plus vape product lines that were recalled, that's 600 product lines that were recalled and forced regulators to return the products to the retailers. The second suit filed by one of the companies, Agrikind, asked why their particular vape product were included in the recall. And they seek to have their products returned as well. Of course, it's Pennsylvania and you know nobody knows why they do anything here. Okay. A Republican Pennsylvania Senator on Friday 
announced that he will soon be introducing a bill to allow medical marijuana patients in our state to buy cannabis edibles at dispensaries. Woohoo! This has been a long time coming. PA patients should be able to buy edible medic medical marijuana just as they do in 25 other states that have legalized medical cannabis. Edibles offer an easy and appropriate way to get relief from their medical condition, and that's always been the goal of medical cannabis. A second Pennsylvania State Committee has approved a bill to safeguard banks and insurers against being penalized by state regulators for working with state legal medical marijuana businesses. The operative word here is state because they will still have to deal with the Fed. The State Appropriations Committee unanimously passed a bipartisan legislation on Monday in a 24 to zero vote, which will be sent to the floor within days. So that's a wrap from Pennsylvania. I'm Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, and I'll be back next week to talk about what's hot and what's not in Pennsylvania. From We Talk News, have a fabulous week. More signs of hope for the state of Delaware. This week, a pair of complimentary bills to legalize marijuana and set up regulations for cannabis commerce were approved in separate House committees. A hopeful sign for the state's new two-track approach to legalization. Sticking with the Northeast, here's Jesse Lynn Dolan with this week's Vermont Report. I'm Jesse Lynn Dolan from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses, and this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. Vermont Coalition for Equity in Cannabis and several cannabis advocates testified multiple times and in multiple committees on issues such as THC caps, online retailer and nursery licenses, designating outdoor cultivation as farming, and direct to consumer access. Thankfully, THC caps were added back into one of the bills. Voters in the town of Essex Junction overwhelmingly voted to opt into cannabis retail, but voters in Castleton once again rejected. Speaking of Essex Junction, the Hetties, Vermont's Cannabis Cup, will have their awards party there Saturday the 16th at the Barnes at Lang Farm. The after party, sponsored by Vermont Cannabis Solutions, will be in Waterbury. On 420, Magic Man and other local businesses, including this Vermont cannabis nurse, will be hosting a full day of cannabis wellness, education, music, and events. Lamoille Cannabis Connections 420 Uplift event in Stowe has completely sold out. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan. There could be movement for some Southern states. Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir said this week he is going to explore taking executive action himself if medical cannabis legislation that passed the House last month fails to clear the Senate. And in North Carolina, a new Survey USA poll commissioned by WRAL News finds 57% of North Carolina voters back adult use cannabis legalization in the state, with 72% supporting medical cannabis reforms. So now let's travel down to Florida for this week's report with Heather Ullman. Thank you, Elena. Here's this week's Florida report for We Talk News. I'm Heather Ullman from Cannabis Law Report. This week started out with some confusion surrounding the temporary closure of the local move medical cannabis dispensary on Marco Island. 
The city council voted to approve dispensaries in 2019, but only in appropriately zoned areas. However, last week, the internet was filled with rumors when code enforcement gave a citation to the island's first and only medical cannabis dispensary. After opening its doors the previous weekend, MOVE discovered it had never completed all the proper paperwork to receive the required zoning certificate. Of course, social media exploded with rumors and theories, but meanwhile, MOVE's managerial team was working to fill out the required paperwork and get the certificate. They are part of Verano Holdings Corp., a leading MSO that operates 44 dispensaries throughout Florida, and hopefully still one on Marco Island. Over the weekend, Senator Marco Rubio joined Pensacola's Channel 3 and said he's open to figuring out how the FDA can approve medical cannabis products, but he thinks it's crazy for lawmakers to support legalization. It seems other politicians feel much differently, and while it's no secret that Governor Ron DeSantis has a nose that doesn't like cannabis, there's been a new poll put out called the Pot Poll, taken by Miami New Times to celebrate the upcoming 420 holiday. They asked each of DeSantis' challengers to share their stance on the smell and legalization of cannabis. There were no surprises from vocal advocate Nikki Fried, who likens weed to an abstract concept, or Alex Lundmark, who loves the smell of weed. But it seems they're not alone. Democrat Charlie Christ is also unbothered by the smell, believing that smell is a really weak excuse to restrict Floridians' freedoms. The best answer, however, came from Democrat Senator Annette Tadeo, who offered the perspective that marijuana smells like a medicinal plant and that what matters is that cannabis is safe and no one should go to jail for using it. Along with more than 700,000 patients in the state, she believes that marijuana should be legalized and the racial disparity in justice has to end. In other news, in the heart of Miami's thriving cannabis cultivation scene sits a massive facility where at any given moment, roughly 20,000 cannabis plants are growing. So think Willy Wonka's factory, but with weed. The 100,000 square foot facility is run by the Miami-owned Flowery, who is the state's only family-operated medicinal marijuana business, and they're winning high praise in Florida. While rapidly growing the past few years, they've remained mindful of their roots, continuing to hand-deliver products to homes across the state and producing high-quality goods locally without relying on backing from large corporations. Over the past few months, they hired a handful of big-shot industry executives, all of whom previously oversaw operations for one plant, who sold to Cresco Labs for $213 million last year. One of them, the Flowery's new COO, Mike Smuts, says that while there are plans to open four new dispensaries and build up their workforce, they're doing everything they can do right now to be the opposite of the sanitized and fluorescent vibe of rival MSO chains. Their first brick-and-mortar dispensary opens in June, and to differentiate themselves and keep the family vibe, consumers can expect a high-end experience, complete with neon lights, a drive through a claw machine, self-ordering chaos, and even a speakeasy-type experience where customers can enter a secret door to find hidden products. The Flower is also working on a partnership with West Coast cannabis brands such as 710 Labs, Backpack Boys, and Packwoods. But they insist on keeping their mindset of quality over quantity, claiming triumphantly our product will speak for itself. We'll see soon enough. That's a wrap for the Florida We Talk News Report. I'm Heather Allman from Canvas Law Report. Have a great week ahead. Los Angeles's largest owned and operated cannabis retail chain, Sweet Flower, has just opened a new shop in Pasadena. That new location now solidifies Sweet Flower's position as the leading cannabis retail chain throughout all of Southern California. Christopher Smith has much more from the Golden State in this week's California Report. Greetings from the super groovy left coast. This is the California Roundup for Weed Talk News. 
If the word marijuana rings a bell, then you probably already understand a little bit about how Latino culture is tied to God's favorite plant. So here's a little more. Masobis is a new artisanal cannabis lifestyle brand born in Los Angeles with a Latin soul. Masobis is on a mission to represent and serve the growing Latino community that identifies with a hybrid background and culture in an industry that has historically ignored its intrinsic connection to cannabis. Masobis has launched its debut line of Latin-flavored cannabis gummies, which it calls Gomitas. Gomitas will roll out across California dispensaries with blends for expansion nationwide, and apologies for my gringo pronunciations. The Emerald Cup, the legendary annual contest for the world's best weed that some call the Academy Awards of Cannabis, is in its 18th year. The Emerald Cup is such a major deal that if you were to win a category, your future in our industry is virtually secured. This year's, uh, <laughs> this year's award ceremony will be held one month from today, Saturday, May, 8, May 14th, at the historic Ricardo Montalban Theater in Hollywood. The iconic show will be invite-only, private event that will welcome all competitors, winners, judges, and the Cup's closest community to celebrate the very best of the best in cannabis. Check out TheEmeraldCup.com for the latest, latest updates. TheEmeraldCup.com and finally, you remember a few weeks ago when I reported that the federal agents and local sheriffs had banded together in San Bernardino, California to rob an armored car that was transporting cash from legal cannabis operations? The law and order team went full rogue that day in broad daylight thinking that they were going to get away with a cool $1.1 million in cash. Just this week, the U.S. Justice Department announced that the scoundrels are returning the cash. As a result of this agreement, Imperial, Logi Imperial Logistics, which acts as a cash courier between cannabis and mainstream businesses and their banks, will drop its federal lawsuit against the Department of Justice, the FBI, and the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration. However, the company is not dropping its lawsuit against the San Bernardino Sheriff's Department. The lawsuit alleges that those officers engaged in highway robbery, knowing full well that the cash came from state legal cannabis businesses. Stay tuned for more on that story. And I'm Christopher Smith, the publisher of the American Cannabis Report, bringing you a cool new Latino brand, a sweet venue for the Emerald Cup, and the hot seat for corrupt coppers. For Weed Talk News. Black business owners in Missouri are urging voters to look at the fine print of legislation before potentially voting on adult use cannabis in November. One business owner says in addition to large application fees, Missouri's medical marijuana application program limited participation by capping the number of dispensary licenses that were awarded. And they don't want to see the same thing happen with recreational weed. Brandon Jones has more from Missouri this week. Hey everybody, it's Brandon Jones again from Distribution Maven with Missouri Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. And yeah, the fine print has been a little crazy here with the legalization for recreational use in Missouri here next year. So we actually had the ACLU uh, back the Legal Mo 22 movement uh, that's actually, you know, like I said, really looking out for minorities. We had a lot of the other ones that were capping like they talked about here, or they were not allowing access to no interest loans. So yeah, you really need to check out the fine print of the bill we actually want to pass. So I would really you know, encourage you to get educated on what you're voting for and not just vote. Also, obviously everybody knows it's 420 coming around this week and I can't believe Missouri is actually at the forefront of some of these events 
We had a huge one at uh, Lake of the Ozarks, a lot of people coming. And this week we've got one this Saturday for the B420 second annual expo. It's a big educational expo, goes from 9 a.m. all the way to 11 o'clock at night. Uh, there's lots of vendors, lots of different speakers. And then Josh Heinrichs is actually playing a concert at the end. So that's a pretty cool event here in Kansas City. Then next week on 420 itself, Relief Resources is hosting a huge event downtown that's got lots of uh, different speakers and vendors there as well. And they actually have Neil Smith, the former Kansas City chief, gonna be out there and signing autographs and not to be capped off by anything less than Snoop Dogg is gonna be in Missouri. I can't believe it for the 420 weekend playing a concert. So Missouri is actually getting out of here like we talked about last week. It was the first time we had a million dollar per day in the month for sales here in Missouri and it's only expanding. So again, I'm Brandon Jones with the Missouri Cannabis Report. We talk news, stay medicated and educated. Have a great week, guys. A new rule taking effect in Michigan. A new executive order from the governor is now in effect, which consolidates marijuana and hemp regulation under a newly renamed cannabis regulatory agency. So with that, we take a closer look at what's happening there. Here's Michigan Normal Executive Director, Rick Thompson. Hello again, everyone. This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Let's begin. Our first story is Loom gets broomed. Yes, Loom Cannabis Company has lost a lawsuit to challenge the decision of Tiny Pinckney to award a cannabis retail license to someone else. Now, if this sounds familiar, then you should remember Loom sues just about every community who says no to them including Mount Pleasant, Evart, the list goes on. Pinckney has authorized only one retail location, and Loom finished third out of three in scoring for that solo spot. The scoring rubric gives bonus points for owners' residency in the community and having a clean energy plan, and also choosing to operate the retail business in a vacant or distressed building, according to Deborah Borchardt. Loom is not a resident, did not submit an energy plan, and didn't seem to care about the location they chose. Still, when they lost, they sued under the pretense that having a residency requirement was against the law, and where you locate the business is not something which is regulated by the state's MRTMA legalization law. The federal judge said cities can choose their own criteria, and residency is not automatically discriminatory. The winner of the cannabis retail license is the Means Project, but the winner of the lawsuit is the village of Pinckney, which will not be saddled with an overly litigious cannabis retailer in their midst. Now, to litter or not to litter? Now, that's never the question. You don't put litter into my world, period. Having said that, you may want to bury your roaches after a new product is launched here in Michigan where flower seeds are placed inside the filter tip of your commercially available cannabis pre-roll. Now the filter is not made of paper, it's made of beeswax, and the seeds are embedded inside the wax. The examples I've seen feature red poppy seeds, which despite being poppies, are legal to grow in Michigan. I have them in my own backyard. They're great for attracting pollinators and butterflies and hummingbirds. The company is Golden Shores Cannabis Company, and they're a Michigan-based entity. Three things to understand. Number one, don't litter by throwing them on the ground. Please bury them. 
Number two, beeswax takes a long time to biodegrade. So take a moment and crunch it up between your fingers before you bury it. You can't hurt these very, very tiny seeds that way. And third, plant them in a place where someone isn't going to mow them down because they're in a yard or on the grounds of a public building, like say the Capitol building. Cannabis sales in Michigan took a downward turn in March as compared to February, even though March has 10% more days than February does. Ouch. In 2021, March's cannabis sales shot up dramatically over the previous month, but in 2022, total sales figures were down by 1%. Medical cannabis sales increased significantly, but adult use sales fell by 6%. Cannabis wholesale pricing rose in March by 19% to over $3,000 per pound, and that rising wholesale cost may be the cause effect to explain March's downward trend in cannabis retail sales. And yesterday was the grand day. Michigan's Marijuana Regulatory Agency is now officially switching names to the Cannabis Regulatory Agency. Governor Whitmer earlier this year dumped some of the state's hemp regulatory functions onto the Marijuana Regulatory Agency's lap and rewarded them by authorizing a name change. It's the equivalent of running over your neighbor's toes with a lawnmower and offering them ice cream to make up for it. I spoke to the director at the end of March, who confirmed that the regulatory agency had been given zero additional employees to handle the extra workload, just like government. The duties were reassigned from the Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development, who still controls the issuance of licenses to grow hemp. Now you can spell it with an H, you can spell it with a J, but the term marijuana is a prohibition name that just needs to go away. And that's it for the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Cannabis or something leafy like cannabis are placed in these boxes. The other half is made up of plastic bags and other trash. So people aren't even sure of the difference between a bud bin and a trash can. A swing and a miss for the city of Chicago trying to get people to give up their cannabis. And that's We Talk News for this week. I'm Elena Pinto for Pro Cannabis Media. And remember, it is a whole new world of weed out there. So use it wisely. We'll see you next time. Hi, my name is Tai Chang. I'm the president and founder of Aloha Green Apothecary in Hawaii. We're a vertically integrated medical cannabis company with three dispensaries, uh, one extraction lab, and one cultivation center near the North Shore of Oahu. We have over 150 employees now, and we've been working with Adaptive HR to meet our, meet our human resource needs. We're super excited to work with them as we expand, and we've grown uh, at least two, three times over the last two years. So we look forward to a good relationship with Adaptive, and uh, come visit us in Hawaii anytime. Aloha.
Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of pro-cannabis media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area, now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge, and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual. Not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%. Hey, you want to grow your own plants? Check out Style Lighting's Grow Kit. It has everything you need to become an expert home grower and bring the power of the sun indoors. Style Lighting uses TCP's high-powered commercial LEDs that deliver twice the output in the market. The Grow Kit has a grow bag, a timer, chains to hang the light, and of course the best in the business lighting system by TCP. Check out stylelighting.shop for more information. Meet Caduceus Science, the alternative wellness company. You know CBD, but how about CBG, CBN? That's right, Caduceus Science produces a range of full-spectrum products, all lab-tested in small batches to maintain the highest quality of products. CaduceusScience.com Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at ProCanna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on ProCannabis Media, Twitter at ProCanna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash ProCannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.